all the small things I do each day, like it's really to build up to something that I'm really going to need in life. And it's going to take me somewhere I really uh, wanted to go in life. So just knowing that throughout all these like hard times, like everybody, I know everybody's going through hard things. And I know a lot of times when I walk around because I smile a lot, like people are like, why wow, he's so happy. So that's just one thing about my character. Like I'm always smiling, like regardless. Up Basketball is proud to bring you Mental Buckets. A show about professionals in sports, the stories behind their careers, and the mental toughness needed to get to the next level. This podcast is sponsored by Up Basketball. Through basketball, we strive to develop hardworking and mentally tough individuals who understand their potential is unlimited. For more information on our basketball skills training, check out our website, upbtraining.com. And I'm Packy Turner, player development coach and co-founder of Up Basketball. And I'm Mike Franco, the mental skills coach with the Dallas Mavericks and Texas Legends. Joining us on the podcast is Kai Bowman. I first met Kai Bowman last offseason when he joined Amari Spellman for a workout after the summer league when he's preparing for his first season in the NBA. Right away, one of the things that stood out to me was Kai's energy. As soon as he entered the gym, you could feel it. His passion, the joy he plays with, and the joy that I've come to learn he brings to everything he does. Even some of the hardest moments in his life, as he shares with us here, he's found good from it and he's grown from it. We also talk about how Kai first met some of his teammates at an open gym at Up Basketball last offseason. We get into having a chance to play both Division One football and basketball, what it means to pick up 94 feet on the court, and there's some really open and honest stories about his life growing up. And throughout this conversation, you'll see that Kai has this rare ability to just raise the level of the room. Please remember to leave us a review, download, subscribe, share it with a friend. Thank you again for listening. Well, Kai, I want to, here's how I want to start off. I was doing my research and I saw you were a three star football recruit. First of all, what position did you play and where were some of the offers from? I played uh, in high school, I played wide out and uh, defensive back. So they okay. come like after my junior year, sophomore year, when I stopped playing football, that's when my stars started going down. So I was like, it's all good. Because <laughs> I stopped going to like the Rivals Top 100 camp and everything. Oh, okay. Because I was going uh, that summer, my uh, my junior year summer, I uh, just picked up uh, a personal invite to Oregon. So I was just, I was supposed to go to that. So I, uh, my grandma passed away, so I ended up not going. So after that, everybody's like, oh, he's not going to camp. So now then my stars got started going down. So I wasn't really worried about it, like going into it. And then uh, starting out, like my sophomore year, I ended up, I committed early because I was supposed to go to UNC. So that was my first like offer that I really wanted. Um, UNC and, for football? Yeah, for football. Okay. So but the thing is, I was supposed to walk on for basketball. So that was my deal. That's why I committed so early in my sophomore year. So, so you were going to be like a – the next Julius Peppers at UNC, doing yeah. doing both. Yeah. I was gonna try to. When uh, when you were coming up, like one thing that I've noticed about you and your skill set is your handle, mm-hmm. and it's very free flowing, you know. But you can get in and out of tight spaces, and you use your athleticism there. But like, what did you do to work on your handle? Because you know, kids be doing all sorts of different drills for it. Like, what did you do? What was your routine working on your handle? Uh, growing up, uh, a lot of times just playing my brother, uh, I think his hand, like he's had the best hands that I've seen uh, to this day. Like I like always play defense on him, but I never would like steal him or anything. So when I do get a steal on him, it's like, all right, yeah, I'm, I'm here now. So 
that's always like been like a big thing on me and just trying to like level like the his uh attributes that's been like the youngest brother out of uh my other two oldest brother so they'll always like do moves on me so i'll just like keep on like trying to pick up moves from them but also as like as right now in like these stages like just picking up for like younger guards like even like high school kids elementary school kids like just seeing the things they do uh just like changing that but also adding it to uh the things i do so a lot of times when i'm away from the gym i just be dribbling around with my dog and like he get it to a point where he get frustrated to where like he he tries to like jump on me. What so, kind of dog? Um, what kind of dog? Uh, it's a German Shepherd, uh, Pitbull okay. mix. Yeah. So, and he's very active. So like when I start dribbling, like he just try to jump on my wrist, like try to get the ball, and I, I won't let him get it. So I, that's another thing. So it's almost like he just fouling my hand every time. <laughs> yeah, I mean he's strong enough to maybe knock knock you around a little bit. Yeah. Real quick, yeah. when you were practicing, was it were you against an older brother? Growing yeah, up? older brother. Yep. Okay. Well, did did that help out? Like you know those those games in the driveway or in wherever you guys were playing, was that uh like a pretty competitive atmosphere? Oh yeah, like uh I remember one time there was a funeral going on beside us, so for like we was like still loud like because it just get like very competitive, and then I got like cousins that stayed down the road from us, so it was getting very competitive. So they heard us like the whole time, so we had like put the ball away and stuff. So, but that's usually how it is, like, day in and day out. Like, growing up, we used to, like, just go outside, like, right after, not even, like, 10 minutes off the bus, like, go outside and school clothes, get in trouble, but we, at least we're going, we're going to play. No doubt, you have to. You got to, every oh, single yeah. day, every single day at competition. Yeah. I remember you told me when you were looking at colleges, you were looking at coming out west and looking at Cal. And then, so what was kind of, like, your final four, and then how did you end up making that decision of going to Boston College? Uh, well, my final four was BC, uh, Cincinnati, Cal, and then I had uh, the ECU that I wanted. Like, I was going the first thing I was gonna go to ECU, so that was the biggest thing. That was my first offer uh, since I decommitted from the football uh, series with uh, North Carolina. So when I was coming back, like the only thing, it wasn't no connection with the coaches uh, from ECU. So that was the hardest thing about it. Uh, really trying to make a commitment somewhere there was uh no like really like positivity or energy through it but uh going to bc was i w- it was um the started to uh watch madness the way they'll stand there was gonna make me earn like my my position uh and from that on was really like the biggest standpoint because like everybody was gonna tell you what they what you want to hear and for me that wasn't like a point I, like i wanted to hear the things that i didn't want to hear the the honest the truth uh behind like what the day in day out uh life and stuff so with BC, they just uh, really like set it straight uh, for me. And the only thing with uh, I was supposed to take my visit out to Cal, but it was just that it came so like they came late into like uh, like after our basketball season was over, so it was kind of late. So I already committed to uh, BC, and it was that was one of the schools I was looking forward to uh, visiting too. So it was just hard. Did you ever go visit Cal? No, I did. My uh, my stepdad then was like. Now nah, you are committed to one place, like just stay committed. Don't worry about like the other places. You you'll be able to see like other parts and stuff. So I mean, now I'm out here. I I've been able to see the arena and everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that pretty ironic, you know. After all that, four year was it? Yeah. Were you four years at BC? Uh, three years. Three years. So three years later, you're yep. you're out here, and uh, yeah, just in probably a little better situation for sure. Yeah. For sure. So when you were coming out of Boston College, um, 
and going through it, like you just said to us before we started that, you know, you had 19 workouts. So you're, you're flying all over. Um, what was one that maybe you felt best at and why? And what was one that was the most challenging and why? Like in that process, you're trying to prove your name a little under the radar, even though number wise and everything, you know, you, you showed that what you can do in college. Like how, how was that whole process for you and where where did you think you did best? Uh, the biggest thing about the process is that it's really like a mental state. Like the whole process is just mental. So if you're really like locking your mental, that's like the best process for you to really lock in. Uh, I remember – I got back from uh, the ACC tournament. Three days later, I signed with my agency. Two days after that, I'm in Vegas work, uh, training uh, by myself. So uh, knowing that my family members will call away, uh, I think that's the hardest thing that people really need to like understand that uh, the people you need is only a call away. So after workouts, I'll just make that call just to be able to like tell my yeah, it was going good. Like so, every single workout was just trying to dig deeper, trying to dig deeper. Uh, and I'll say, like, my hardest workout was probably the Utah one just because of the air. A lot of the guys was already, like, winded because being up there, not used to it. And then all the guys, most of them was, like, uh, East Coast, like, Southern guys. Uh, they was coming from university. So it was like, okay, uh, just try to push through. So everybody was thinking I was using my second win. I was still in my, still in my first win. I didn't hit my second win until, like, uh, it was, like, late. I think it was the end of the drill. We had to make uh, seven layups with one, uh, two dribbles down. So that was, yeah. So that was the uh, last. That was, and then I was tired. I was like, all right, that got me. So that was like, I ended up getting a two day break after that workout. Then I got back on the grind. I saw you said you like to play, and you said this too. You like to pick up ninety four feet. Where does that come from? Is that is that ingrained in you? Is that taught? Is that coming from the Santa Cruz G League team or the Warriors? Tell me a little more about that. I think it's always been like something that's in ingrained with me. And the thing is, growing up, since I'm the younger brother, we used to play. We never played 21. We played 22. Like no, uh, no free throws though. So you got to play defense, or you're just gonna lose there again. So I think that's really where it started to like boost my mental because going into middle school, my brother played with me, and. I was just like the defensive guard, like defensive guard, like, and we pressed the whole game. So I'd be that middle line, getting these steals, and then during high school, it was still like that. Like people like play defense on me. Somebody get a stop. I'm, oh, I'm coming right back. I gotta get a lockdown. I gotta give me a stop. So that was like something I would install into my head. But then after a while, it was just like I really can like just do this like the whole time. Stuff where it went away from when I was in college because I was playing 40 minutes stuff for. Coach didn't know if I could do it, so I was—I was thinking I could do it. So I just didn't want to like set myself back because I was wasting my energy uh, trying to pick up full court and not like really like making a difference in the game. Right, and also you brought up a good point though, and I'll say when you—and this is something I've learned just from mm -hmm. being the past few years with traveling with the legends and being around Coach Eric Snow, who I've mentioned on the show before. He's been such a big help for me in learning so many things about the game, but. You know, also picking up 94 feet full court can change the whole energy of the team Oh yeah. just by seeing put in that little bit of effort, that extra effort. And it doesn't have to be the whole game, but I mean, I've even seen some of our players do it in games and it changes everything. And it's not even that getting one, a steal. It's just, it's just bringing the energy. Yeah. That one little spurt make a difference. Uh, just from the standpoint, I remember some games, like we'll be like our energy be down. Like when I go in, like just bringing it up far as far as like picking up full court. So, that was a big help for us, like to help us get back into the game as far as like our energy level 
to bring it back where it should be. Uh, so picking up 94, I mean, I got a lot of energy, so I don't really like care about it. Like, I need to burn it out somehow. So, I mean, 94 is the other way for me to burn it out. So <laughs> that's the only thing. Yeah. Really yeah. Yep. Well, I'll, let me let me go with this one then, and then we'll let Packy talk. And uh, <laughs> I, I also saw a quote, you know, saying, you now understand how hard you have to play. And that's something you can only understand by being out there. What I'm saying is in the NBA game, I think, is what you're referring to. Uh-huh. For for people listening, what is playing hard? Because that's thrown around a lot, but I don't know if it's really understood. And it to me, it's a skill to play hard. But to you, what is playing hard? Uh. To me, playing hard, you really got to do all the little things. The little thing that make it perfect for you. I mean, everything's not perfect, but the perfectionist does the smallest things. They make the smallest things perfect to where the bigger picture is going to look nicer for for a lot of uh, guys. Um, for me, like jump uh, loose balls, uh, picking up 94, just uh, being an a overall good teammate. For other guys, probably look different as uh, far as their roles, but... For me, just being able to always lift guys up, uh, bringing energy, uh, no matter what. Um, just playing my hardest, even when I made a mistake, just trying to really get there. Uh, whether it's like a, I got beat, just trying to make a closeout, uh, trying to jump. Uh, the things that you want to see somebody else, somebody else do, uh, just trying to make an extra effort. That second effort is like the biggest effort you can really make, as uh, far as like bringing in a difference away from the energy side. Uh, Cause nobody can nobody can tell you how much that your effort is bad. You know, like you, you the only one that really know if you're really going hard, uh, if your effort is there, if your energy level is there. Because if you're not there mentally, then it's gonna be a long day for you. And that's in like anything, like life away, away from the basketball court. Uh, it's really just a men- mental game uh, that a lot of people really uh, gotta understand to be able to really set yourself up for uh, for a lifetime away from the basketball court. One thing to kind of build off that a little bit too, like as one of the little things that you do, like I've noticed even when we've had pickup games here and like last summer was the first time, like I really saw you play in one of those, you're always talking. Like it doesn't matter what, like sometimes you're not even talking relevant, but you're just talking so people know where you are and your presence is felt in a way that like everybody knows, shit, that's Kai, right? And and it's, you do it with the same energy you pick up. Like everything is with that intensity and I feel like that's something that's like a separator. Yeah. Um, I'm always trying to get kids to learn how to communicate and talk. And like you just do it even in workouts. Yeah. You know, you're talking after every shot, everything. Like it's always there. Like how did that get ingrained in you? Uh, I think that started with like my spiritual belief. Uh, I was like my my mom didn't like uh, baptize me Christian. But as, after a while, I started like to tell them like I'm more Buddhist, like being spiritual, like it's really like an energy thing. Like you really like feel energy in the room. And that's like one thing I mean, I like for people to like to feel like good energy around me. Uh, so anytime like I'm around people, I try to like give off good energy to help people relax. I know what it's like to like be like shy, uh, scared, like growing up, being shy, being by myself, not really knowing how to talk to people uh, was like one of the hardest things that I had to face growing up. Cause even away from home, like in college, I didn't really know how to like ask questions, ask like, even ask my coaches them questions. But as I kept on going farther down my road of life, uh, just figuring out, like, it's more like to this game, not just basketball, but to your mental state, to your your mind that you got to really build to help you understand the small the smallest things uh, for you to build your game and your character uh, was just a helpful hand for me. Um, and still been a helpful hand to this day, like going into stores, like just knowing that 
everybody like your worst day is your best day. Uh, so to me, um, like when my father passed, that was like one of my worst days. So for became my best day because it pushed me through so much. So help me get here. I mean, oof. I mean, it helped me through a lot just to be able to have that was at a young age. It was hard and traumatizing, but. I mean, now that I, like, got here, it's, like, one of the things, like, you, like, made it, like, look back on that. It, like, hurts, but at the end of the day, it's, like, the only thing. It propelled you, right? And it's it's finding the things that, you know, you, you took something that was bad and you made it good. Yep. Um, and it's hard as shit. <laughs> it's the hardest shit, but you look back on it and now you can have that kind of moment of, like, joy because yeah. you know, like, hey, like, it there was a purpose and it all worked out. So that shit strong. It's powerful. That's a great outlook on how to look at it all. Yeah. Appreciate you sharing that too. I mean, I know that's, it's heavy and, and I think that's part of why you're having success too, is look, you're able to reframe things and, and use it as fuel for you. And also just your ability to be vulnerable. Even this, like we've met once, (laughs) <laughs> I don't even know Paggy for a while, but you're, you're, you're sharing your story and, yeah. and it's just like that ability to be vulnerable and put yourself out there that, that goes far for life. And, you, and, you know, my mentor, Graham Betchart, who we've mentioned before, who does mental performance has the phrase victory to the vulnerable, the more vulnerable you are and put yourself out there and show like the real you, right? We were just saying that's the real you showing your personality, through this and through basketball and and people feel that like when you talk about the energy people feel that people feel when someone's genuine people feel when someone's real and the words they say and the actions they take like like you said it's kind of an unexplainable thing but you just kind of you can light up the room you can you can change the energy like we talk about picking up 94 feet full court but really what is that that's that's you as a person on the basketball court that's that's in you otherwise everyone would be doing it not everyone does that hundred percent. And I think even it goes further, like it's just your energy is felt in every room you go into. Like when you step in the gym, everybody knows shit Kai's here. You know what I mean? Like in, in a good way, but like you're felt. Yeah. Um, and that can't be said about everybody. There can be people that come in and out and it's just not the same. And for you to have that kind of impact, um, I just know even when you come here to work out on the kids that are, you know, working out or, like you don't have to watch, yeah. you know, Marcel work out yeah. for 10 minutes and then give him a, you know, a tip, but, but you do. Yeah. Um, and that's felt by everybody and like, damn, like, look at like this guy's taking time out of his day to do this and that energy you shared with him. I mean, that's going to be something he remembers yeah. forever and can take with, and who knows who he becomes, but I know he's going to still tell that story because that shit is impactful. Um, and, and you don't mind doing that and impacting others. And so that's felt on the court, off the court and in a number of ways. You like to draw? Yeah. What, what, yeah. what kind of things are you drawing? Like what's, uh, what, what, what is the, your creativity? Where does it go through with that? Uh, I actually drew this, like everything on my hoodie. Um, really? What, like, what's on there? Let me, let me check it out. This is just gorilla. Okay. Yeah, I got, um, nice. This, I think this one, uh, was it? So we got Patrick. Gorilla, we got uh, Patrick from Spongebob looking angry, looking tough. And the apple, the drippy apple. Okay, yeah, got an apple with and like all a skull was on color. it. Uh, oh, all of them was color, but then I got the dog. 
the rose. That's sick. So, so what's what's next? Is a clothing line coming? Uh, I already been thinking about it. Uh, just doing like just uh, small designs because I design so much stuff and I wear like crazy stuff. Like even from the hair, like still like it's still my personality. I think my hair is like my way of like really like showing my personality. Like, has anyone in the locker room? Or players or staff have they have they taken notice of your your artwork on your clothing? Uh, no, I think uh, nah, they haven't seen it. Not yet. Okay. I don't think they've seen it. Yeah. I mean, the only artwork that I think like the players have seen probably my lay tattoos, because I did my uh, I drew my Chucky for a my senior uh, not my senior project but my freshman uh, final of college. So that was my uh, freshman final because I was uh. And uh, uh, paint is my uh, is my minor, so I have my uh, my major is applied site, but I got a minor of um, what is it? Uh, fine art stuff. For it's just right now I'm on like the last class for it, so it's just one more painting class, and it's like I can I'm supposed to been knocked it out, but it's just I was away for 19 workouts, and I <laughs> yeah. took the thing. Good, is, it's I took a good, it's an okay excuse. To Vegas. I took all my stuff to Vegas with me to like finish the class, and there's just so much going on. I just couldn't finish, so I was like, "All right, we're just gonna finish this like after." But it's, I'm about to be done with it too for my final. Nice, that's awesome. So you're you're drawing your own tattoos too? Yeah. I'm with it, man. Thank you. <laughs> so another thing that uh you know that we found was that the the Warriors were really impressed with their pre-draft interview. Why is that? Uh, as y'all saying, vulnerable. Uh, really told them my story and like where I came from, my background, like who I am as a person, not just like me uh on the court, but me away from the court, like who I really like stick my ties to, far as like myself and who I really like. So really like them asking about my family, I think that was, that's what really helped me for them to uh take me was them knowing the kind of person I am away from the game of basketball. Uh the things I'm looking forward to doing and actually see like who I'm doing it for and the things that made me the person I am today to keep on pushing me every day that I, and knowing that I'm going to work every day that I come in. So that was probably like, that was, it was a lot of tear shedding that one because they really dug deep, like not just uh, my father part, but also my daddy, then my brother. So, I mean, it took a, a stand on me like that whole day. Like I remember after that work, like after that one, it was just, all right, let's let's finish the rest of the day out. Cause like going in, I already felt like uh, like I'm so in tune with myself. Like going in that week, um, I remember getting on the bus to uh, go to the uh, the combine. I was already feeling like I'm gonna cry this week. Like I could feel it. Like, but I just didn't know like when it was gonna happen, and end up happening like in that meeting. But I knew it the whole week that it was gonna be some something was gonna have that effect on me to help me like really pour it out because I mean when you by yourself like you can't really like just pour it all out by because it's only you but when you got people that care and look and invest they're gonna listen so really like being able to listen to my story was honestly helpful for me just to help me throughout uh for the rest of the like the combine and the rest of my draft uh period so that was like the hardest interview but it was the easiest. It is. It's also easy and impactful because it sounds like you're just being true to yourself, and that's just yeah. who you are. I mean, that's yep. 
that's all you can be. You can't be anyone else. What is the best habit you practice maybe on a daily basis? I'd say the best habit I practice probably like started when I was younger, uh, cleaning up my room really, uh, because everybody got their own flow stage, but that flow stage for me, as far as like cleaning up was a flow stage that helped me like get my mind away from everything. Do you have a book maybe for anyone listening, any fans, any basketball, young basketball players, what's a book you might recommend to them as they're like on their own journey, right? Maybe facing uh, challenges or struggles. I think reading like was one of the things like growing up, I had a uh, speech therapist. So, uh, it was harder for me, like really understand like, um, like language and stuff. Uh, and then I had like a language barrier for, uh, far as like talking to people so i really didn't like understand like what people would be saying so my brothers them would help me out a lot so for then like just reading like helped me like boost my not just learning ability but my vocabulary and that was been something i've been like wanting to do so there's a book um that my assistant coach from high school gave to me called teammates matter and it really goes into the story to uh, tell about uh walk on who uh walked on at uh uh georgia uh georgia tech and he was there, uh, no, wait for us. He was there with Tim Duncan. Uh, so, um, and it tells like the story about how he met Tim and like the things that he did, just not as a player, but as a teammate, uh, the small, the little things that he did to just help his role, help who he was as a person and help him, uh, as the way of life that he goes. So I think that's like a big, cause he really uplifts like a lot of people in the book. Teammates matter was the name. Yeah, teammates matter. Okay, sounds like a good one. Definitely one I, I'm probably gonna have to check out and give well, it a they couple do matter. kids here. Yeah, they do. They do, and everyone needs to learn how to, you know, be a better one and just continue to grow in that that role as well. How do you cope with uncertainty, um, and even like with just the state of the world, but also you know, when you you already have dealt with this in in a number of states with the pre-draft process when you know being undrafted like you've gone through these uncertainties but you still have this kind of inner thing that you know like it's there i see it when you come in you're not worried about things that a lot of people would be worried about how do you deal with that what's that process and um how do you stay positive through it all because you definitely do so really like just knowing that all the small things i do each day like it's willing to build up to something that i'm really gonna need in life and it's going to take me somewhere I really uh, wanted to go in life. So just knowing that throughout all these like hard times, like everybody, I know everybody's going through hard things and, and it's not easy for everybody. And uh, I know a lot of times when I walk around because I smile a lot, like people are like, wow, he's so happy. So that's just one thing about my character. Like I'm always smiling, like regardless, like you know, the only way you're going to be able to tell myself if I'm actually crying, but uh, away from that, like it just try to show my joy. Uh, just knowing that there's, a lot more going on in the world than just uh myself uh and there's things that is really like tearing people down so trying to just have a smile on my face to try to uplift other people's smiles it's really like one of the things that i really strive for uh having 12 nie nieces and nephews total like is one of probably the biggest things uh in my life to really like because i want to put them in a situation where they don't really have to uh worry about the small things that uh kids aren't able to like to do as far as like food uh clothes and stuff so really like being able to put them in a situation where it's gonna help them grow as a person but also as a leader um to where I, um like mainly i'm trying to get my niece out here just so she can go to like a prep school uh to help her, her build um uh, and learn because she's so like educated as as a young girl so just trying to help them out in different ways to 
let them help out their friends to help out others just to build a generation not from around uh like money but around education because a lot of the smallest things that we do today is like in our education but we don't take the time out as we're too much on our phone that's one thing i don't really like use the only time i use my phone if i'm playing PUBG or no no bull like if i'm playing PUBG or like like on the web software i'm never on there like too long i'm never really like on a call or a text like I don't like text, like texting. It'd be like short, like probably if you get like a long paragraph for me, it must be real. The thing is, just just call, yeah, just call. And that's another thing is that uh, hearing somebody's voice is actually uh, is actually a stress reliever for a lot of people. Um, no doubt, and it's it's cool to hear that you'd rather talk to someone on the phone, right? Like that's pretty rare these days. Most people when they get a phone call, they're like, oh shit, like the phone's ringing. I don't want to answer yeah. this. Like just text me, and. And, uh, you know, I'm sure your teammates probably appreciate that, too, if you're giving them a call in the offseason and, and, and checking in. So, yeah, that's important. I really am curious, and I think I, I think people are curious to know about this, is what it, you know, look, you started off as a two-way, right, and when we're talk, just talking basketball, and you were converted to a roster player. But what is it like going into that locker room, say, at the beginning of the year when you know what type of personalities or players are in there, and you, you know, you got to prove yourself, but what is it like stepping in there? Maybe day one, what's kind of your feeling, what's going on through your head? How does it feel? Like, how does that feel? Uh, I mean, day one for me was really here. Uh, when I came in and Amari brought me here for a workout, uh, we worked down at, uh, me and Packy worked out at, uh, one night with Amari, um, in Oakland when we were still, uh, at the top. But then we he uh, had to like hosted a little pickup out here. So, but Steph and Steph was out here. So that was my first time meeting Steph. So it was really like, oh, like you here now. Now you gotta guard this guy. Like, like you were actually here. But as it kept on going, like now you actually got to see like how these guys are. Like you, like for me, I was around like younger guys all three years, other than my freshman year, uh, with two older guys. I was uh early 20s stuff where nobody does older than that so now you really like into guys who got families who got uh their kids uh yeah like grown men so they're really going uh establish like what the roles that you really like need to understand like the things that you really need to understand about the day-to-day of going in and out of the uh the facility like who like the things you got to make sure that you got to do like far as like saying hey to everybody in the morning like no matter if you're the uh, not a morning guy or whatever. Just making sure like you're able to say good morning to everybody. Uh, I'm curious. What was a kind of a moment for you on court? Did you ever have a moment like this season where you're like, I made it, or like a kind of like a proud moment, you know? And w- what was that? And uh, and or what like what was your kind of favorite moment um, from like this year? Uh, my favorite moment from this year was probably. Anytime coming through the tunnel, uh, feeling the energy of the crowd is really a big, big thing around NBA. You don't really understand it until you like actually feel that energy. And that was something like you hear like uh, reporters like uh, talk about like um, or players talk about the energy of the fans and stuff. But you don't really feel that until you really get into that packed arena. Like I never played in like gyms like that packed before. So for me, it was always like, oh, now it's like. It's junior 10. Y'all really got to talk out here. Y'all really got to, like, be known. But you get into an arena, you feel that energy. Now you, like, oh, man, you feel like a gener- adrenaline rush, like, is in your body. So it's like, you don't know what to do. But 
Uh, I think my favorite day was like Christmas Day because not everybody can like, play on Christmas. So, I mean, being able to just play against Russ on Christmas, I mean, was accomplishing me because growing up watching this guy, watching somebody, I thought like my game was similar. Like, and being able to guard him was just a big accomplishment. Just like you made it, but you ain't make it all the way type thing. So it was just really help, like humble, like also a humbling moment for me. Like, no, like this is where you want to be like this. These are the type of games that you want to play. And it set really set like the, the bar high for me. Like what kind of games I really want to play. And like every game is not your same average game. Like I want to play in the, the championship games. Like I want to be there for those. I want to be in them. Uh, so that's like the main thing. My goal is to be able to play in those championship games, not just playing the regular season, like play as hard as I do in the regular season as I will in the championship. So just trying to make my mark every like step of it. You talked about, you know, feeling that pressure, right? And you can feel it. Mm-hmm. Like I can tell you are a guy of, you know, you can very in tune with how you feel and, and I'm sure it felt heavy at some points, but, but how do you, how do you deal with that? Right? Like, how do you process that? And how, how do, what is your way of dealing with that type of pressure? It's actually funny. I only, like for me, like dealing with it, I'm just like, all right, some like something good is gonna come out of it. I don't care. Like if it's bad, it's gonna come out good. So I think that's the end of the day. Like with my pressure, I'm always gonna try to figure out the good way to get the good outcome out of it. Somehow I'm gonna find a positive out of that negative. Uh, and that took me so long, like to really understand. Um, like growing up, like that was that. Uh, like my, I remember my 12th grade. I think that was when I really like. Established like when I made a whole decommitment, like really knowing like don't even worry about it. Something's good gonna come out of you. Just keep on like keep your head down, not worry like worry about what's going on around you. Like focus, uh, stand, maintain. Because there's so much I still had to do for uh for me to get in BC because my transcript was good for uh college football team, but it had to be a different level for BC basketball because BC is like one of the top academic schools. So. I started to take AP classes, honor classes, and those are things I never took before. So I'm like, all right, it's a whole different level of work that I, now I got to put in. Uh, for and those classes that I like myself, I didn't see myself in because I'm not really of a like uh outspoken guy. But um, my uh, marine biology teacher, she really like she was the one that really made me like step out of the zone. Like Kai, you actually got to like start speaking up. Like you understand a lot, and it was the things. I was just so like shy and nervous, like to like be the one like to be wrong, like so that was always like one of the things like growing up, like you didn't want to be wrong, like I didn't want to be wrong, like I wanted to be right because you just see so much, ha- uh, so much wrong. So I just saw so much wrong happen in my life that I was like, I want to just be right, right, right. So it's just like you actually like know the things, you just gotta really speak up. So she really pushed me to like to like get my voice wow. like open, open up about things. So. So it was a marine biology teacher that really helped yeah. you that year, push you out of your comfort zone and give you like that freedom to be okay with, I guess, sharing your knowledge or being okay with maybe being yeah. wrong. Yeah. I just find it fascinating. Like, you know, we get these teachers in the most unexpected places and you can probably take some of that and you probably took some of that with you at some point and apply it to your life. Oh, right. Yeah. And it's, it's uh no, it's cool. Cause it's just you never know. You never know who is going to be your teacher in in, yeah. in what way. Yeah, it was crazy because she knew so much just away from like the uh, like the subject. Uh, she was also like uh, adoption. Uh, she like uh, adopt like kids and stuff to help them. Um, 
and put them in, like good families and stuff to like get them to schools and different like big uh like private schools. So a lot of the kids that stayed with her like went to private schools. So she was really like in it for like the kids. I guess I don't think a lot of like you like know that the teachers are really in it for you. Like they're really there trying to help you. And I uh, think that was one thing for me. I really had a hard time like understanding that because my brother has so many problems like with his teachers that it was hard for me like really understand like how much is my teacher really like going to help me and how much are they willing like to really like uh giving like to understand like uh the things that we go through like away from like the uh the school. So but as college came, like they really like understand like being able to email my professor, I never knew how to email. And then I started to email my professor. I finally learned how to email my professor. So being able to build that communication was easier for me to help me get into classes to now I'm only like uh, 12 credits away from my degree. So really not even a, a whole semester, like two classes. That's incredible, man. Congratulations. Like you're Thank doing you. it. Thank you to Kai for coming on the show and sharing his story. I really appreciated him being vulnerable and sharing the experiences that have shaped him into the man he is today. As I mentioned, his positive energy is infectious and is inspiring how he can take a negative experience and find the positive in it. I know he will continue to inspire the next generation and succeed in life. Another thing we can take away from this episode with Kai is how by focusing on little details and the small things and mastering those things, when we do that over and over and over again, we can truly master something bigger and become great at something. It's well documented that Coach Kerr of the Warriors has core values of mindfulness, being competitive, compassion, and joy. And I believe that Kai checks a lot of those boxes. And what I really took away most from this interview is he's vulnerable, he's honest, and he's true to himself. And to be that, sometimes you got to go through a process of self-discovery. And that can be forced upon you due to your circumstances in life, or you can seek it out. But regardless, it takes a lot of courage to discover and live as your true self. So thank you everyone for listening. Please remember to like, subscribe, leave a review, and share it with a friend. Our show was produced by Ellie Lieberman and Bianca Turner. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Mental Buckets, at UPB Training, and at Pat Turn with three T's. Special thank you to Bennett Christensen for the beat and sound engineering.